0: we're solely focused on building and growing the best construction community for trades around the world. Kind of what I was just alluding to like attracts like. And so if we started with the best people, they're going to recruit the best people to the platform is it's not necessarily a matter of if it's a matter of when we need a workforce to build everything that exists.
1: Hey, that's Brett going. And before we get going here, I want to apologize for the sound in today's pod. It's a little bit rough, but I'm way up here in Fairbanks, Alaska trying to record where we have very little bandwidth. Apologies out front. Me, I'm Mike Kinoki. I'm a general contractor in the oddly wonderful Fairbanks, Alaska. I've been a carpenter for a long time. Carpenter by trade that became a general. Now I'm running a business. Now I got a podcast about running that business. So today, Breck and I, are going to talk about what he's been up to with the hammer app, how he got started, and maybe touch upon a few other subjects, such as the demonization of trades over time, the labor shortage and how we deal with that, and toxic masculinity. But mostly, we're going to get to know Breck today, and here's a few excerpts from today's pod.
0: Uh, A lot of the problems today around hiring and retention of the workforce, these are all things that I personally witnessed growing up working alongside my father, my godfather, my best friends. The inspiration kind of what fuels my drive to be in this space is wanting to build something that authentically represents the next generation, It's never really about kind of the toxic masculinity that we see in the industry. So we do like a very proactive job at like maintaining our value structure within the community because that's ultimately what a community is at the end of the day. It's a shared value. It's a movement of people that come together under kind of one shared value system. And so a lot of it is just lead by example. You never want to promote something that you're not living true to yourself. We will charge employers and contractors to use the platform to hire through us. Kind of similar to a type of LinkedIn uh, type of model, no advertising. So I will say that if you're starting to like wire yourself to only reflect on the negative, then you're necessarily only going to be driven by the negative. But if you take that moment and pause and say like, what are the three good things that happened this month? Then you kind of start rewiring your brain to really start finding those moments of like, you know, on those hard days, that's very motivating to say like, what are all the things that I did right this last month or this week? Hammers the future.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Contracting Handbook. Founder and CEO of the Hammer app, it's Brett Goen. How's it going, Brett?
0: Doing great. Thanks for having me, Mike.
1: Yeah, man. It's good to see you again. Seriously, what is the inspiration? I think it's brilliant. What was your inspiration? then? Yeah. In?
0: Thanks, Mike. Um, I think it's really a couple of things. Um, you know, I, I believe, first and foremost, like I, I grew up in a construction family. Um, and I think a lot, a lot of what roots me and what I'm doing today is my dad told me, um, a few years back that when I was about five or six, I told my dad, I wanted to grow up and build buildings like him. And so now today kind of, it's just rooted in, I get to help build the workforce. Uh, I wasn't necessarily a craftsman, so I don't know, like if I should be telling anyone that I can go build their house or anything like that. But I think it's a couple other things. Um, the s- second thing that I would say is. Uh, A lot of the problems today around hiring and retention of the workforce, these are all things that I personally witnessed growing up working alongside my father, my godfather, my best friends, uh, family were all in the business. So I saw a lot of these things. But I think probably the last one and most important to me is we're at a huge inflection point within the industry. Um, I'm not sure if you know of this, but our industry is going to go through a massive generational workforce shift. It's already started over 40% of our industry will retire over the next 10 years. And so, uh, you know, a lot of construction is going to be left in the hands of the next generation millennials and Gen Z's, which is like part of my generation. And so I think just a lot of the inspiration and kind of what fuels my drive to be in this space is wanting to build something that authentically represents Next generation, and like how can we create a movement that inspires people to want to be in this industry, not as like a gig, but an actual career? And so that's a lot of my my uh inspiration is did generational workforce shift. It's really comes down, and I think you could probably agree with this, Mike, too, and maybe your listeners as well. Is it's not necessarily a matter of if, it's a matter of when. We need a workforce to build everything that exists, and a lot of that is the motivation behind hammer.
1: Fantastic. I got three things that I want to comment on there. Um, first, uh, I think it's, I think it's really neat that you grew up in the construction family and then saw that, you know, you're, you saw a place for you within this industry and went for it. Cause this is, this is definitely much needed. Um, second, I am in those, I'm in, I'm in that 40% that's retiring in the next 10 years for sure. Um, and yeah, we we're in a we're in a we're in a pinch with with labor and uh we got to get something moving um because because we're a host i don't know who's going to build all this stuff i don't know i don't know who's going to build the houses where i live in 10 years there's no we don't see we don't see young blood coming not like we used to so
0: uh absolutely i mean that that's the biggest problem in that like we had we had byron on our podcast and I mean, I, I just love the way that he explained it is like, sure, we need the doctors, we need the lawyers, so on and so forth. But we need the people to build the housing We already have a housing crisis. And so if like the American dream of like purchasing a home, that's going to become further distant for really this next generation of home buyers. And so everything is kind of a ripple effect of the labor shortage, lack of housing, lack of infrastructure lack of building schools, hospitals, so on and so forth. Sure, we need the doctors, lawyers, but we absolutely need the people that are going to build and house those things.
1: Yeah, it looks like we're short on doctors too, but yes, we absolutely need builders. And, and, and uh, there's no doubt that it's a big problem everywhere. I was speaking with someone, with a builder in Australia Friday, and he told me that the shortage isn't as bad there and it's improving. But uh, in the UK, US, Canada... And I don't know where else, I mean, everywhere we, we don't have the people. So
0: um, it, it seems like over in Australia and even, even Canada, I think is better, but how they kind of admire the skilled trades is better than the U S uh, where we still face a stigma, whether some people want to admit it or not. And so we do have to battle that, but I also think we're at a pivotal point in the industry. One, the generational workforce shift that we were just talking about, but two, I mean, there's a lot of people that are not seeing the value in college, and maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, but just the oversaturation of people going to college for the same things or going to school for the wrong reasons, um, or just going because they're pressured to by their school counselors and parents. Uh, And I think we're starting to see like a generation that recognizes that you don't absolutely need uh, a diploma, a piece of paper to actually have a fulfilling career. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity within the space. And I think why I'm most excited about being in the space right now, Mike, is um, there's so much opportunity in the boring. So like, sure, I'm not going to make the argument on the podcast that like, you know, if we're just being realistic right now, uh, there's more like software engineers being produced than there are people like tradesmen being produced. Like, that's just a fact that data speaks. We can't argue that. But there's so much opportunity for people to come into this industry and build businesses that are going to retire. Think about all the people that are going to need their sinks repaired, their homes built, hospitals built, whatever it is. That is like the biggest opportunity for anyone to build a thriving business. And we all know construction pays very, very well. And so I think people are starting to wake up to this idea that there's more opportunity than just your school counselor tells you what there is because they're only teaching what they know.
1: There definitely is more opportunity, but uh, one thing I w- while we need more is opportunities for young people within that frame, within that school framework. And I don't know when that's gonna. That's definitely that's not my battle, but I see it. I mean, I've always seen it. There was a vocational program when I was in high school. I was probably intimidated to go, um, but it wasn't widespread it, what you couldn't everybody couldn't do it and it was definitely looked down upon uh back then back in the in the late 80s so i do think there needs to be more opportunity and you know think thinking about the piece of paper you know in canada they have an apprenticeship program you do get a piece of paper in the uk there's an apprenticeship program yeah. you do get a piece of paper and is that the and, whole red seal and, 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 the Red Seal in Canada yeah. and, and UK, I'm, I don't know what it's called. I, I just talked to Robin Clevett from there. and, and but, um, but for a lot of people, I think it, it feels good to get that, to get that mm-hmm. certificate, whatever it is. Um, not the regular formal education that we're all used to, but, but something else. And, you know, a lot of people seem to, uh, I, some of the people I've had on the show that were in the Red Seal program, dropped out of it to start their own businesses because they were like, I'm actually good enough and I'm going to go do this. Yeah. I just think there's a shortage of opportunities in the U S in particular for people to like enter. And, and this actually gets addressed quite a bit in my interview with, uh, Brant Taylor, which came out January 3rd. Um, so I don't know where, I don't know where, where we bridge that, you know, I came into the trades by accident. Completely. I was a cook. I was in school. I, someone said, I want to go frame houses. I said, sure. Uh, I r- really started to enjoy it, but I didn't have any formal background. I'm a definitely just a, you know, a guy with bags who, who learned how to who learned how to do carpentry, you know, and I got good mm-hmm. at it, but, uh, so the entry point for like carpenters is less, 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 uh, common than, or less, accessible than say plumbing or electrical or something where there's a, 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 a very active union. And then it's in the U S it's like union versus non-union, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, this just All ends right. up in a big, we're just driving to a dead end here in terms of like, in terms of like where the conversation goes with what to do about the labor shortage. I just, I I keep, it keeps coming up and I go, well, what what are we going to do?
0: I think a couple of things, uh, one, maybe I'm just speaking too far ahead in the future, but I really Mm -hmm. believe over the next five to 10 years that one materials are going to change. We're already starting to see that, which is going to alleviate the labor burden that people have to take on. So you're not killing your body for the next 20, 30 years. So that's Mm -hmm. probably going to attract more people because the work is becoming less difficult, technology. Everybody gets excited about technology, especially people in my generation. They want tools like their smartphones to use on the job site, whether that's artificial reality, where you can actually visualize a project before it's even being built, or so many other different tools that just alleviates the burden that previous generations have had to conduct their work. So I think that's probably going to provide a lot of attraction. Secondly, is there's a lot of big retailers, Home Depot, Lowe's, these other organizations that are allocating hundreds of millions of dollars to attract people into the skilled trades. And I think that's great because you and I were talking about this on our podcast last time, but I mean, for the lack of better words, most of these construction websites are terrible uh, or they just don't have them. And so What we've kind of seen with construction is, you know, people like to put their head down, do their work and not overly promote themselves. Um, But I think we need need to do a better job of like actually promoting construction careers. Like if you go look at simple things like how much can a carpenter make in Atlanta, Georgia, you're going to find different pay rates all across the board. There's no transparency into uh, pay rates, how much your earning potential is, career path. And I think once we actually start improving the image, promoting construction, being a lot more transparent, ridding the, uh, I guess you could say, trade secrets, you're going to bring so much more transparency to in the industry. People are going to feel a lot more comfortable coming in. You're educating them on the career path. And so I think it's a couple of things. One, transparency of the industry, because it hasn't been transparent. And secondly, is uh you know sure the image maybe i'll say a third thing the last one is easing the labor burden with technologies and new building materials because i think just the overall work is going to get easier and that's going to be a lot more attractive to people
1: there's no blueprint for us to go on our own i'm a good carpenter but i did not know anything about running a business and
0: i'm better at it now you hear so many guys are Gals, uh, they're they're working in these crews, and like people won't can teach them, and so like of course it's hard. Can you imagine showing up to class in high school and being like, "All right, here's the book. Like, good luck," or maybe even not the book, just say like, "Hey, here's the test at the end of the semester. Good luck." Like that—that's kind of what we're comparing it to. And so, if people like don't want to teach or like guide them or be that mentor on site, of course it's going to take them a long time to learn that. and so I, I think that needs to change too. Just the mentality of everybody wants to hire, let's just say, a good carpenter, a good welder, but they're not willing to teach.
1: People need to realize that when they come into trades too, that it, you can be creative, and it's not mm-hmm. just it's not just one system. I mean, you have to there, there's a so many problems to solve. You really have to use your brain, and um, you can really set yourself apart when you. Uh, apply your creativity.
0: Absolutely. Don't get frustrated because a lot of people will say the why generation, like our generation, my generation, Gen Zs, millennials are always asking why, why do this, why do that, so on and so forth. They're not asking why necessarily to kind of like challenge their work. They want to understand the work. Like why does A lead to B that leads to C? And so like showing people and making that mental connection is very valuable because then they can teach the other guy in line. Don't downplay the the question why or the why generation, like learn them, nur- l- nurture them, help them learn so they become better crew members and better employees.
1: The next logical progression for me is to go back to the app. It's trades people, they're sharing the work, they're learning from others and they're getting inspired. And then they're not shy to put their own work up because the community is totally supporting them. And that's unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, you get first year apprentices, you get you know 18 19 year old guys and gals posting their work that might not otherwise have it seen and then there's a whole bunch of people saying yeah this is awesome good for you and it's it's really neat and and i think that that in itself uh can help inspire other people to come in and join and see because they can look at the app and go oh there's all these other young people doing it Absolutely. I think one of the things. I mean, it
0: kind of makes sense if we're like building a mobile app for a lot of the Gen Zs and millennials to come in and want to use it. Like a lot of people under the age of thirty-five or forty that really resonate with the product. Um, it's just in their natural behavior to want to use a product like that, which is great. But I think the the thing that I'm kind of most excited about is I didn't know the level that it would actually bring these people out of the woodwork. Like you're finding people, like there's a lot of layers to it in hammer. Like you'll see red seal carpenters, you'll see supers, you'll see project managers, you'll see lead carpenters, um, like all of these sort of things. So there's like layers and kind of like taxonomy to this. And so it's just not typically the people that you would see on these other apps that kind of have that digital home where they're like, wow, another apprentice carpenter can connect with another apprentice carpenter or like we're seeing group chats being formed by like next generation carpenters that talk about everything of like, Hey, I screwed up on the site or like, Hey, this is my progress from today. Or how do I deal with like a difficult boss or a project manager? Like, how are you guys learning? They're sharing photos. Like how would you cut this? How would you frame this? And it's just so awesome that they actually have that peer to peer network where they otherwise wouldn't have. And so now that we're actually kind of uh, building that layer like it's more than just like a Facebook group. A Facebook group is just like Joe Blow. And you're like, okay, like, I don't know how well experienced this guy is or his skill sets, but when you're coming on the hammer and you can see everything that they do, their projects, the skills that they have, how long they've been in the industry, have they worked other places? Now there's a lot of trust within the community. So that you're getting like very valid information from people. And I think that's kind of been the most exciting thing that we've seen is it's been kind of a magnet for these next generation individuals you and the other guys that we do have on the app, and just like people in general, I'll, I'll call you guys the veterans of the industry because I think that's a major compliment. I think a lot of what we're going to need for the next generation is that knowledge transfer. So, like you and I had previously talked about how there was kind of like a gap in the generation of like when we went through the recession of 2008. Everybody pretty much got freaked out about real estate and construction. There's too much volatility within this market. Don't know if yeah. I can have a career in it. We like missed a generation there. So now you have like this knowledge gap because you are missing a generation to hand it out to the next people online. So, one of the things that I will say is like, I've really appreciated not only your involvement with us throughout the Hammer app, but everybody else that is out there, whether it's Hammer or anything else just sharing their knowledge because the people coming up really need that. Or we're just going to have kind of like this empty market with the, you know, the knowledge that ended up retiring with the people that retired. And so Mm -hmm. um, just very thankful for people like you that are actually putting themselves out there and wanting to train the incoming individuals.
1: Well, thanks. That's a, that is a high compliment. I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm happy to be part of this. I, I, it's cool that so many other people are out there, just we out there in the open waiting for someone to say, Hey, let's talk more. Um, so how are you seeing hires off hammer yet? Are you seeing people getting hired? I know it's the, it's an eventual goal. Yeah. Um, and, and, okay. So I'll go, go with that and then.
0: Yeah. So we've already had a handful of people already hired through the app, several. Uh, In fact, we don't have any hiring features today. Purely, it's just focused on uh, really a couple of things. One, getting people in to kind of build like this digital resume or portfolio. Like this is how a lot of people in the construction industry like to communicate their work. They want to take photos of it. That's how they communicate their skill sets. Um, but you know, I was—we've already had people hire through the Hammer app. I was just recently talking to a builder out in uh, Texas, and this was probably like the biggest compliment ever to us. And it was very simple. They basically said, "Like Hammer is a gold mine." Um, they ended up finding and hiring a project manager through the app, um, which is like again one of the hardest hires. Like anytime you get up to like super foreman project manager, like those people take a long time to find. Um, but the the cool thing is like. Their entire crew is using it to showcase their work because they have pride in it. And so they're guys that are laborers or uh, the superintendent, the project manager, and the other carpenters that are on the crew. This is like their digital home now. They're like, finally, we have a place that we can express the pride in the industry. They're not using LinkedIn types of platforms because we all kind of know the blue-collar, white-collar divide. So like, why not join a community that actually like represents your work and the pride that you have? But that I was kind of thinking about this. It's a really smart play by this business because most businesses today, they kind of just outwardly uh, rely on promoting their business through like a Facebook, Instagram, so on and so forth, or having like a website that does not appeal to recruiting the workforce. I know I'm quite kind of going a rant here, but the cool thing that I saw about this company is they're basically using their workforce to showcase the company that they get to work for, the projects that they get to work on, And just imagine that you're extending your reach through the people that are working for your business to eventually track new people to your business. This is like a huge win-win for that business. And so uh, it's been really, really cool to see people already getting hired through Hammer, the extent that people are actually going to find these people within the app, but then actually seeing more and more people from the same crews go on the app, whether it's for the business purposes of wanting to promote the business and to showcase their crew and say like, Hey, come join us. Or if it's just, you know, they're finding a better digital home where other guys or gals on that same crew kind of find that camaraderie within the app. So it's been really cool to see.
1: That's great. And, uh, and I'm going to just read off the hammer webpage, the hammer.com. Uh, and you know right when you right when you go to hammer.com you guys it says I joined LinkedIn to build my construction career quote unquote said no one ever.
0: I mean Mike, the, the honest thing is before we even went out to start building Hammer, we talked to a lot of people. Uh, we went through LinkedIn to try to reach out to people or to send them connections. I think I sent like six or 700 heard back from maybe like 10. And so I was like, okay, there's a clear signal to hear that these people are not checking this app, and the majority of the people that we talked with, they're just like, yeah, it's not our crowd, and that was just kind of the biggest signal to me of like, okay, there's a real issue here. Like, we need to make something that clearly, authentically represents this community, because honestly, we were kind of talking about the the stigma and everything. Um, honestly, that's the biggest opportunity within that obstacle. If we have kind of the stigma, people band together with a shared sense of pride and camaraderie. That's how you ultimately make movements. And so if we can kind of lean into that and be kind of like raw, raw construction and promote careers in like a very meaningful way, we can better the industry by getting a lot of people together under one shared vision. And so I think that's the biggest opportunity and the obstacle that a lot of people often overlook. It, they're, fo- they're focusing on, uh, the white collar sector, people that change jobs once every three centuries. So, I mean, it's just a completely different market. Yeah, it is. I mean, most of the connections are in mail that I get through. It's like, uh, I was joking about this with a friend the other day. It's like, Hey, I wanted to connect with you on LinkedIn. Cause I saw that you also work in the business industry in San Francisco. And so just like, kind of like the quality of people connecting with you is just seemingly, uh, kind of going downhill but i guess that's another conversation for another.
1: all right next well how are you going to get how are you going to get word out to company owners what's the what will be the eventual i mean it, it's in development but i let's say i'm a general contractor i need help how am i going to use the app besides sc- scrolling
0: cuz cuz you yeah. know how to to your first question how owners are usually finding about hammer or gcs it's typically by, well, it's two things. It's one word of mouth because they're like are joining. So they eventually tell their boss or whoever they're working for uh, about hammer or they'll see like the stickers that people are putting on their trucks or hard hats. So like, that's obviously how they're seeing us. But um, also what we're seeing is like company owners are following Hammer through Instagram. And so they'll see that we're promoting Hammer. They'll get interested. And so I think that's kind of the luxury that we've had is one, sure, word of mouth. Uh, that's probably the most powerful tool. Uh, but two, is just we've been able to grow a really large audience. Also, Builders of Insta is going to be very helpful uh, with that once we want to start getting into a larger market of business owners and businesses. You know, I think the the thing that we really stand for at Hammer is we want to be the worker company or essentially the worker brand. Um, a lot of the value in Hammer today is really building a product that crews and people out in the field want to join. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for us is like when we do go build our hiring marketplace for um, stream, streamlining the recruitment and the HR process, you know, a lot of the value that, we're going to have to provide to hammer is like making sure that we have like a large platform and database of like skilled workers on the platform. Cause we couldn't necessarily convince like a business owner to say like, Hey, you're hiring out of like, let's just say Dallas, Texas, but you know, we have two people there. <laughs> like mm-hmm. obviously I'm making a joke, but that wouldn't be very valuable because just the density of people is just not there. And so a lot of the value in the product, For Hammer is making sure that we had the qualified, skilled workers on the platform before we really start building that out so that we can build a platform that is truly valuable to the owners and the employers that want to hire through Hammer. And so that's what we're solely focused on today is how do we build that worker company where we can build the digital home for them? And then- Build and streamline the recruitment and the HR process for employers, but still the holy grail is making sure that we have the qualified, skilled tradesmen and women on the platform.
1: No doubt. And then, how will you how will you monetize that?
0: Yeah, so we get this question asked a lot because everybody's course. like, "How the hell are you like making money to keep this yeah. thing alive?" And you're hiring people. Um, but today, uh, we're not monetizing Hammer today. We've had the luxury of. Uh, raising venture capital, so money from investors uh, to basically delay having to do anything around revenue because we're solely focused on building and growing the best construction community for trades around the world, kind of what I was just alluding to. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the future, how we're thinking about it is we will charge employers and contractors to use the platform to hire through us. Um, You can kind of think of Hammer. uh, The future of Hammer is kind of similar to a type of LinkedIn uh, type of model, no advertising. So I will say that, uh, but basically becoming that recruitment and HR platform for pre-qualifying people, sharing their job postings, getting people hired, and then handling the rest.
1: I like it. And and in terms of that, you've got a company structure right now. I know you've got a a, a couple people you're working with. Yep. Uh, can you t- can you tell us about? those guys and, and yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, company we're about, uh, lean, mean team of five right now. Uh, so it's myself, my co co founder sake, who's, uh, primarily just owning the technology side of it. I do not code. So, uh, he's a great co-founder. We have Robert who I'm probably sure that you're well aware of now, uh, Mike, and maybe some people listening, but he's our community manager. And then we have two engineers working full-time to build out the technology. And then um, we do have some contractors that help us obviously on our podcast and everything around that, but we'll be hiring a lot more around uh, building and scaling up the product this year. So uh, maybe here in the next few months, we'll be a team of six, seven, eight um, still remaining lean and really focused on building that product and building something that really workers love to use. So that's our sole focus today.
1: So you're going to be answering your, you're going to be answering your own phone calls for a, a for a while yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking to members every single day. I'll still take the calls with all the business owners, but I like doing that. That's how you learn. You, you get in front of people, you learn about their problems. Um, and that's exactly what we do with hiring too, is like, maybe this is a piece of advice for any young business owners listening is like how we hire is, I mean, we don't just think of, like, Hey, we're going to need a marketing person. We should go market or, uh, you know, like put a job posting out and like hire someone in marketing. How we think about it is we're like very systematic about it is okay. Are we currently doing the job today? Do we have a playbook that we've developed where we know exactly the time and effort that is required to do this job? and then go hire someone around that. So a lot of it is, are we already doing the work and do we have a playbook built for them where they would know exactly what to do within like 80, per, 80 to 90% accuracy where we could actually hire them out and they'd be effective at that role. And then leaving that 20, 10 to 20% for like creativity and for them to kind of expand their role. And so that's a lot of how we think about hiring.
1: How will Hammer address or will Hammer address... Uh, Toxic masculinity.
0: You know, I think whenever you're building a company or want to create a movement that changes an industry forever, a lot of it is who you start with is who you end with. I've thought about that a lot. And so... We've been very proactive with Hammer around this because ultimately, maybe even talking about kind of personally what inspires me to build Hammer is I really want to rid the stigma. I want to create or help create uh, with other people an industry that like people are very proud to be in. What we've done with Hammer is we've been very, very intentional about the people that we bring onto the app, whether we've personally reached out to them or they're just coming to hammer today. So I think a lot of people don't know this, but before we even went out promoting hammer through social media or doing whatever we do in terms of marketing, I made individual calls to the best trades that I knew personally onboarded the first two, 300 people to the app whether it was like by phone call, text, like a very like personalized approach because I thought that they were the best representation of where we needed to go as an industry. And so to my point earlier around who you start with is who you end with is we've never really recruited people or never intentionally recruited people that embody that toxic masculinity and everything kind of around the bad representation of construction because we knew that if we were gonna seed hammer in the beginning, and we ultimately wanted to abolish that, uh, that stigma and everything that's kind of surrounded construction is we needed to start with the best people in the world. And so I think the, the luxury that we have today is that anytime you're building a movement, like attracts like. And so if we started with the best people, they're going to recruit the best people to the platform. And so that was ultimately how we were basically being proactive about it. Now, as things grow, obviously, so do your problems. And so how do we maintain that culture within the app? Um, You know, a lot of the reason why we hired uh, Robert, our community manager, is to make sure, one, that we're making everybody happy on the app. Of course, that's like number one priority. But two, to kind of like monitor the attitudes and what's being promoted through the app today. And so what we've stressed a lot about is, sure, camaraderie, the pride in the work, sharing your work, networking, learning. It's never really about kind of the toxic masculinity that we see in the industry. so we do like a very proactive job at like maintaining our value structure within the community. Because that's ultimately what a community is at the end of the day. It's a shared value. It's a movement of people that come together under kind of one shared value system. So we're constantly reiterating, um, you know, what our vision is and constantly communicating like what we stand for. And so I think it kind of filters out the people People that don't want to resonate with that or bring a lot of positivity to the industry. And so one, we've been proactive, but two, we constantly just keep iterating and keep communicating that to the community. I mean, we've only had like one case where someone has started talking about like politics and a lot of what we stand for is like, hey, we're not building a political type of platform. Like, You can do that on any other app that willingly wants to get your attention and to make you angry on that app. But a lot yeah. of what we stand for is that's not the place. We're like we're a professional platform. We want to help you build your career. So this has no place here. And so we've every time or pretty much the only time that is, it's happened so far is we were very quick to jump on it. Talk to the individual. I'm not sure if he's still with us, to be honest with you, Mike. But honestly, uh, we're not going to let one person affect the rest of the community. And so I we're very know. proactive about And we're also very responsive too. So if people reach out to us about like, Hey, this is probably going to make the overall general population of the community, uh, uh, you know, not at ease, then we'll take that approach and monitor it and making sure that we do right by the community.
1: Is there anything else? I'm going to move on to some other topics here. Is there anything else you want to tell the audience about hammer?
0: Hammer's the future. (laughs) You're an entrepreneur. What's your daily like? what's my daily like? Uh, well, my day usually starts the night before, uh, very much like locked into a routine that kind of sets my next day up for a good day. Um, so if, if we talk about my today, so it starts last night, basically plan out the week. So Sundays is plan out the week, like making sure that I know what I'm supposed to be working on this entire week. Mm -hmm. Um, but typically Starts the night before writing out everything that I need to do the next day. Uh, Usually my mornings, I start off by one, I work out. So I'm pretty religious about like taking care of my physical health because that affects me mentally. So that's like of huge importance to me. And it's also just a habit now. So uh, do that and then basically start my day off with like the hardest task. And so whether that's uh, working on community, working on product, or thinking of new product uh, projects to grow hammer. Um, that's a lot of what I start my day with, um, sometimes meeting with other entrepreneurs. But I think a lot of it is my day-to-day is like, sure, I wear a lot of different hats. Sometimes I'm designing the app, sometimes uh, working on new projects to grow it, other times making sure that a lot of our community members are uh, happy within Hammer. So I'll be in the app a lot. Um, and that's pretty much it during the weekdays. Um, Honestly, as an entrepreneur or a business owner, I think a lot of your listeners would know that 90% of your time is working in and on the business. Maybe we can kind of talk about like the, the hustle porn industry right now is like, it's not sustainable to work 24 hours of every single day. If you really want to build longevity and to have things compound and- find a lot of fulfillment in your work and just be able to outlast everybody else you got to take care of yourself whether that's eating whether that's exercising whether that's rating and expanding your knowledge on new subjects like you have to make the time for that because if you don't it's going to ripple effect into your relationships how you are financially your marriages your company how you treat your employees like you need to take care of yourself so that you can take care of other people. And if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. And so a lot of it is just lead by example. You never want to per- promote something that you're not living true to yourself. And so that's a lot, uh, a lot of how I think about it. But anytime that I start becoming uneasy with work or anything, I really just start looking at like, hey, where have my habits started falling off? Once you start like recalibrating that, prioritizing, like your, your health and everything around that, things get a lot better. And really it's just, everybody does have the time in the day, but it's making sure that you actually have a routine schedule something that's on the calendar that you can commit to. Cause if it's just like, yeah, I'll get there when I get there, it's never really going to happen. And so making the time and the energy to actually commit to a routine, which is again, why I've been so routine around like starting the day the night before, cause that ultimately sets you up for a damn good day.
1: Can you tell us two or three of life's most valuable
0: lessons you've learned along the way? Well, to be honest, I I think the first one that comes to mind, and maybe I'll think of a couple more as I'm starting to roll with this. uh, But the first one is, I often think like how I first started my entrepreneurial journey uh, is kind of along the lines of like Mike Tyson's quote of like, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face.
1: Uh So (laughs)
0: like that could not be more true. And that's kind of exactly how, uh, my story started, uh, just to give you a little bit of context. Um, during my senior year of college, I pretty much had an entrepreneurial bug. All of my family members are entrepreneurs. And so by the time Mm. I was like senior year, I was like, I kind of want to drop out and just like start a business. Like I've been in school this long, like college should not be this long. Like, But uh, I stuck with it, graduated, pretty much passed up on a job in finance, went back to my dad's job site. And that was like the biggest thing for me. It was like, you know, my plan was to go into finance, do all this stuff, but it's taken a different course. And I was like, really, really happy with it. Like I got the opportunity to go back to my dad's job site to learn about the problems. But ultimately where the punch in the face came, Mike, was so I started my first business that was a bidding platform for builders and subs, basically mm-hmm. sold my car. Like, every, like I was fully committed to this and worked on that for several months, hired engineers because obviously I don't know how to code, worked on that for several months and learned that I hired like all the wrong people. So this is kind of where, you know, everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. Pretty much was like, shit, don't know what to do now but honestly through that op- through that obstacle the biggest opportunity was i got the opportunity to learn that builders and subs they didn't really necessarily care about build- bidding more projects they cared about hiring retaining their workforce so the biggest lesson that i had through that was you know i found that i wanted to build hammer through that obstacle and so not all of those punches in the face are just empty lessons, all of those experiences, lessons add up to something much better. And so it's constantly something that I remind myself anytime that I approach an obstacle is there's an opportunity in this. I would also say that one of the other big lessons too, it's it's not much of the the, the hustle culture, but um, making sure that you find joy in the achievements. So any type of milestone that you hit personally or professionally, I think a lot of the people that do start businesses or entrepreneurial Every time you hit a goal, you want the next thing. And I think we've all been there of like, okay, hit this. What's next? And like taking a moment to pause and appreciate that milestone that you hit, that you worked your ass off. One, like I never really used to do that. I was such like an achiever driven person. So anytime like I hit something, I was like, all right, what's next? Or I was already thinking about next, like before it was even done. And so I think a lot of what has helped me through my entrepreneurial journey and starting a business and now like getting to a point where we're going to start growing it is like making sure that you pause take time reflect and define those moments of joy and the milestones that you hit cuz it's going to make you happier it's going to make everybody else around you happier it's going to make your employees a lot happier and so i think that's probably been the biggest learning lesson is it doesn't have to be a workaholic environment making sure that you enjoy those moments is probably the most important piece because ultimately it's going to provide you a long, sustainable career where you can actually sustain all of that. I'm very similar
1: in that I achieve something that's like next. But in that, if when things aren't going right, I'll, I'll get myself, I'll beat myself up about it and not reflect on all the good things because most of the time it's good things. And then a few little things can, can be an anchor. So you really need to take time to, to reflect to reflect and go, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing well.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, is you don't want to overly emphasize like the negative too. Uh, Like if you're starting to like wire yourself to only reflect on the negative, then you're necessarily only going to be driven by the negative. But if you take that moment and pause and say like, what are the three good things that happened this month? Then you kind of start rewiring your brain to really start finding those moments of like, you know, on those hard days, that's very motivating to say like, what are all the things that I did right this last month or this week? And then like using that as fuel, um, it, you know, it's it's very energizing. And so uh, it's something that I try to practice pretty often.
1: And would you say that that the listeners out there today should, should give us a, re- a review of the show?
0: Well, I'm going to, so I'm going to beat everyone to it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. But yes, they should leave a review. Um, I think just what you're doing with the podcast, Mike, is very helpful. Want to share it and transfer that knowledge to whether current business owners, future business owners, or just people that want to get into the industry. I mean, stuff like this needs to reach more people. And you know, I'm very appreciative that I got the opportunity to come onto your podcast and to share a little bit about my story. But absolutely, I think everybody should leave a review, preferably a five-star.
1: Any, any star, you guys can do whatever you want out there. (laughs) I think this was a particularly good show, but okay, Breck. Well, why don't you tell the audience where they, where they can find you again? And um... yeah. um, Anybody can find
0: me pretty much on all platforms besides Facebook at Breck going. You can also find me on the hammer app. Very, very active there. Uh, So if you're in construction, would love to see you there. Would love to have you part of the community. Um, also, uh, we do co-host a podcast too, where we short, share the stories of the people in the field. Um, but that's Bread to build podcast, um, where I co-host it with Matt Bangswood. So you can find us over there and, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me.
1: And, uh, and you guys, you can find me at the contractinghandbook.com, at the contracting handbook on Instagram and Mike Kenoki on the hammer app Breck. It was good to talk to you again, man. Thanks for being here. Mike,
0: thanks for having me on the show. It was a pleasure.
1: Let's do it again. I'm looking forward to this. Cool. Quick shout out to Robert Wickers and Sankifarota. That's the crew making it happen at Hammer. And also all of you at Hammer who have supported me, reached out to me, and been on the podcast. That's all April of 2022 for anyone else listening as well as 13 additional members of Hammer that have interviewed. I can't wait to have Breck on in one year, five years, ten years, and see what's going down. Thanks for listening today, you guys. If you found value in the content, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify, or, if you're in the Android world, a rating on my website. Alternatively, take a snapshot of the episode you just listened to on your phone, or a picture of it from your car stereo and post it on Instagram and tag me in your stories. When you leave a review, tell me where you're reviewing from and I'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Thanks for listening and whatever you do every day, remember, at the end of the day, it's your legacy. So build a legacy that matters. That's all I got. Later. <laughs>